0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined, as always, by David Lake. We are recording here on a Tuesday morning. Um, David, how you doing, man? How was, how was the weekend? How's the past
1: few days been? Everything's going well. Um, I keep refreshing social media to see if Jared Williams has announced his destination yet. No luck to this point. We're, <laughs> we're still all on edge. We'll see if it ever uh, gets announced. But besides that, everything's everything's going well. You know, obviously it's a tough time for our country. And I just hope, you know, all I'll say on that is I just hope everyone has empathy for what's going on out there. Um, you know, if, if you don't understand or, or have trouble – have issues understanding why people would be doing these kind of things. Maybe just put yourself in their shoes and, and, you know, try to understand the reasons why things in our country are happening right now. Absolutely. Couldn't, you couldn't say it.
0: I don't, I don't think any better Uh, for the Jared Williams. We're now on, is this like week three of Jared Williams watch? I, (laughs) I don't even really know. It's just,
1: it's crazy. I mean, you know, this is, This is kind of how recruiting goes sometimes. Um, It, I will say this, it is interesting that a transfer that, you know, this is kind of happening with a transfer because typically those guys, you know, they've been through the recruiting process. So they don't really like this whole up in the air type stuff. They are, you know, typically older guys. That know where they want to go and just get it over with, put it out there, and then get to work. You know, there's probably some stuff that is holding this all back behind the scenes. But uh, you know, when, when Jared finally makes his announcement, we could probably provide more clarity on on all that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And who knows? I mean, every morning I think I I text you. I'm like, hey, I think today's the day. And then <laughs> by 10 p.m., I'm like, well, I guess today wasn't the day. Um, so who knows if you're listening to this podcast now, maybe a decision's already been made and we have an emergency podcast
1: out there. So, uh, yeah.
0: make sure. You I know check like, the
1: f- I know for me, it's kind of like, I mean, when, when it's coaching, uh, change season, you know, with, w- with you and I, when we have to go through that kind of stuff, I take my laptop with me everywhere just in case something breaks at a random time. And I'm, I'm doing that at this stage in May slash June because you never know when Jared Williams is going to announce what he's going to announce. So it's an interesting oh. time. Yeah, no, I do the same. Th- I mean, I normally
0: do that anyways, but like I was out with some friends on, on Saturday and I we were kind of bouncing around from restaurant to restaurant and I had like my laptop with me. I'm like, oh, this could be the <laughs> the moment Jared Williams does it. And then I don't. So it's like I'm lugging this MacBook Air around for uh, no reason, but I mean, who knows if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what day it's going to be. Check the feed. There could be an emergency podcast. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this, I think Miami's absolutely still in it. Uh, and like you said, we'll, we'll eventually have some details. Uh, let's talk about what we're going to discuss on this show. Um, a little bit non-recruiting related, which is a, a change of pace, I guess, um, First half of the show, we're going to answer kind of a a user question someone had sent to me, and I thought it was really worked for a a podcast. And then we're going to take a break on the backside. We're going to talk a little recruiting, big development with the quarterback situation. You know, Miami's still looking for a quarterback. So that'll be on the tail end of the podcast. First part of the podcast is going to be all about North Carolina. And David, I sent you this question. It came in uh, I think two weeks ago to me, so it came from SFL Green Chill or Green Chili. Um, he he wrote me on on twenty four seven Sports' his personal messenger messenger system, just kind of asking for my thoughts. And I was like, "Hey, you know what? This would be a good kind of podcast discussion." So I'm going to read the question here, uh, and then we'll just kind of dive right into it. So it goes. Love inside the U. Read it every day. Love the podcast. Uh, listening to the podcast recently on recruiting news, and I keep having the same question. We focus so much uh, as Miami fans on comparing our recruiting to UF, Florida State, Clemson, SEC, and, and the other blue buds. But what's your take on what Mac Brown has done so far at North Carolina? Is it sustainable? How much of it can be attributed to Sam Howe staying home and having success? Seems like Mac turned uh, a meager ender ending at Texas into a multi-year hiatus into building a quickly resurgent program. Assuming Mac retires in a few years, which seems to be a given, how likely is it that UNC will continue building on its recruiting success? They had a top 20 class, and now they have a real chance at a top 10 class and are getting top recruits to stay home and not go to Clemson. Curious to get your take on this, considering how the Tar Heels appear to be our biggest threat for the foreseeable future and creating a strong foundation to keep recruits home and steal from Clemson. Should we be worried about UNC? or should we be more worried about UNC than Clemson, given they are a divisional opponent? I'll hang up and listen. Uh, first off, I apologize for stumbling through that. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll I hate, I hate. Yeah, I hated when I was called on in class to read uh, out loud, and that <laughs> was, was pretty clear right there. But uh, I think I got the gist of it across the board. Basically, should Miami fans be worried about North Carolina more than probably most people think?
1: Yeah. So this is a good question. I would say right now, the way things are looking, I would say yes. I like, I think if if we're all being honest and just uh, look at the state of the programs. You know, to me, uh, North Carolina, both this season and in the future is scarier than what Florida State is bringing to the table. Um, You know, North Carolina, we can go through the reasons why, but just right off the bat, you know, so much of football and college football boils down to the quarterback position. And North Carolina has a stud in Sam Howell, who, you know, last year, 2019, as a true freshman starter, was extremely productive and impressive with his deep ball ability, his ability to push the ball downfield. And really, when, when you want to Breakdown quarterbacks. In my mind, that's the big separator between, you know, the guys that are great to good, good to average, and so forth. Um, Sam Howell is a great quarterback when it comes to pushing the ball downfield. Not everyone has that ability. Sam Howell does. Uh, I think if Trevor Lawrence didn't have a tremendous true freshman season at Clemson when they ended up winning the title, I think we would be talking more about how amazing Sam House true freshman season was just from his perspective, playing the quarterback position. Now, they didn't necessarily win a ton of games like Trevor Lawrence did at Clemson that one year when they when they won the national championship and he was a true freshman starter. Um, but Sam, Howe, from a pure production standpoint was just as good as Trevor Lawrence that year. He just wasn't surrounded by the type of talent Trevor Lawrence was at Clemson. I think North Carolina's recruiting, I mean, you can go into this, you got, you know more about this than I do, but on the surface to me, it looks very impressive. Uh, It seems like they are locking down the state of North Carolina, keeping a lot of the four-star guys in North Carolina home which I think is big. I mean, North Carolina, in my opinion, is one of the more underrated areas in the country. And honestly, Clemson has built a lot of their success by cherry picking some quality guys out of uh, North Carolina. And, you know, again, we talk about quarterbacks. You can talk about him in more detail than I uh, I can, but in this 2021 recruiting class, uh, North Carolina has, A highly ranked quarterback committed in Cade, Cade may or sorry Drake may um, Who's the number 53 overall player in the country. So you're going to go from Sam Howe, who, in my opinion, is is probably gonna be a first round pick after his junior season. uh, You know, next year. His junior season is next year. So he'll get drafted in 2022 and then you know you would like on paper. Passing the baton off to Drake May, who is a highly ranked quarterback that was at one time committed to Alabama. So it seems like things are lining up for North Carolina. Those are just my quick thoughts, and we can talk about it in more detail. But tell take us through what they're doing recruiting wise. You know, are you impressed by what they're doing? You know, how many of these guys have you seen? Do you, do you like some of the guys they have committed or or signed in last year's class?
0: Well, I do, and. Um, just kind of circling back to the question, you know, I, I have no idea how long Mac Brown will be there. I think it's probably fair to say that he will eventually retire. Um, but what do you want to see uh, in recruiting classes? You want to see quarterbacks and you want to see guys that I think can get to the quarterback and also yeah. protect the quarterback. And, you know, former Miami offensive line coach Stacy Searles, who worked under Mark Richt, he's now on staff in Chapel Hill. And, um, I honestly think he's recruiting a little bit better there than he did here and maybe that's because it's yeah. easier to recruit his type of guys up there. I mean remember last cycle um Miami wanted to get uh, the Caden Baker kid out of Fort Myers. He ended up at North Carolina. This cycle it was uh Eli oh I'm I'm going to drop Sutton, yeah. Eli Sutton uh another guy in Miami was on. He's at North Carolina. So I think their offensive line recruiting is it's above average but the defensive line recruiting is is pretty dang impressive, and really the entire defensive side of the ball. And then you mentioned the quarterbacks. I mean, we know Sam Howell has got probably two more seasons in him, uh, and, and then he's probably going to go pro. You mentioned that freshman season. The one stat that stands out to me, and I saw Pro Football Focus put this out a few days ago, Sam Howell had 15 touchdown passes on throws of 30-plus yards last season. That was the most out of any yeah. uh, quarterback at the FBS level. and uh, we talked about it after Miami lost to North Carolina, like the hurricanes basically you can beat the defense, you just have to have the quarterback that can make the throws and and Sam Howell made those throws, so I think that 's a little a little scary. You know th- that he 's going to be around for two more years, and then they 've really done a good job of stacking quarterbacks, like you kind of pointed out um drake may i i think i 'm a little bit higher on him than maybe some of the other guys at twenty four seven sports. His brother played basketball at North Carolina. Uh, He's a two-sport kid. I think he threw like 50 touchdowns as a junior to only four four interceptions. So he's a baller, a kid that was probably going to go to Alabama before they got Bryce Young. And you know, Bryce Young has been hyped up so much that I think a lot of a lot of other quarterbacks are scared to go to Alabama. So um, they've done a good job doing that. And it was when Mack Brown first got there, they signed the number 30 class. In in the country, according to 24/7 Sports, the number 20 or last cycle in in 2020, it was number 19, and then right now in the class of 2021, they sit at number five overall. So uh, it's been an upward trajectory, and they're and they're bringing in talent. So I think that's really scary if if you are uh, Miami, because I think a lot of Miami fans remember the the North Carolina game from two years ago that was it a Friday night in in the blackout where where Miami just kind of did what they want. And it's like, that is not what North Carolina is anymore. I think it's only going to be a more uh, fine-tuned, well-oiled machine. Like we saw last season when they, when they went up there
1: in Chapel Hill. And, and I think it's, it's interesting too to maybe draw parallels to how Clemson kind of became the Clemson we know of today how they kind of got off the ground and got things rolling downhill it started with hitting on positions that you just highlighted quarterback and defensive end defensive line you know primarily you know back in what the early 2010 2011 2012 i forget the exact year but you know they had Taj Boyd at quarterback at Clemson and He was a very, very good college quarterback. I would say probably Sam Howe is better, but Taj Boyd was definitely good enough to compete for championships at quarterback. Clemson, you know, then turned that success into eventually, you know, landing a guy like Deshaun Watson. And then Deshaun Watson turns into Trevor Lawrence. So, and, and look, this is kind of the challenge Miami's faced with right now in terms of, getting momentum going at court at the quarterback position, being known as a school that can develop uh, quarterbacks and can help them produce at a high level. That's the name of the game. That's why getting a guy like Derek King is such a big deal because it shows quarterback recruits that you can potentially go do that at Miami. It changes the narrative that's out there for Miami, you know, that they have to recruit against with quarterbacks that, you know, Miami can't develop quarterbacks or the quarterback room is a disaster, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, the way North Carolina is building this to me, it has sustained success. You know, Mike Brown is a, is a real head coach. I think he's, you know, I think when you look back at the Mark Richt era, this was kind of what the hope was at Miami that he would, you know, the veteran head coach that could just go out, recruit, and convince people to to come, and we saw that a little bit uh, at the beginning of the Mark Richtera when he had solid quarterback play, uh, whether it was Brad Kaya or Malik Rozier in that first season, in that 2017 season, you know, Malik was good enough to, to win, obviously, 10 games. Um, it just wasn't able to that the quarterback success fell off after that and things kind of became unraveled with Mark Richt, but, um, yeah, I think, and you touched on, we can get into this year's matchup if you want just my quick thoughts, but, um, yeah, I think North Carolina to me is the program Miami fans should be keeping an eye on most in terms of the ACC teams that they regularly play. Um, I'll say this. I
0: spoke with someone that's kind of close to the program uh, a couple of weeks ago and they told me that the one game on Miami schedule that th- the staff has already circled is North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and that, and that uh, there's a chance Miami could be, uh, I think it would be f- five and O going into that. Um, you know, you have the temple game uh, Wagner UAB at Michigan state uh, home against Pittsburgh at wake forest. And then, North Carolina after a bye week. So I'm sorry, that's a that's actually six games. And I agree. Let me ask you this, David, do you think uh, Sam
1: Howell is a uh, first rounder for sure? I do. I mean, you know, he's not necessarily the tallest guy. But he's, you know, smaller quarterbacks are getting drafted more and more every year. I think he's six foot, maybe six foot one. He's a thick guy. And you know, I think he does have the necessary arm strength to drive the ball down the field. So, yeah, I think he's, he's going to get picked somewhere in the first round when he does come out for the draft. Um, you know, you, you mentioned this year's game. I don't know what other games are, are that weekend, but I think, you know, we all know by now how I feel. Miami's probably going to be a team that challenges for 10 wins this year. I think there's a chance that that North Carolina-Miami game could be like a hosting game day. I think it's going to be in the conversation that week um, because I think it's going to be that big of a matchup nationally. Um, so yeah, I, and and look, just my quick thoughts on, on this year's game, you know, when, when you look at, when you look back to last year, there are some factors where from Miami's perspective, you wonder, you know, is, that, is last year's game necessarily going to translate to this year's game? Because, you know, last year's game was, was the second game of Sam Howe's career. And, you know, I don't think everyone knew or believed Sam Howe would be what he was last year. I think it's fair to say maybe Miami's secondary was caught off guard by his ability to push the ball downfield as well as he was, as well as he did in that second game. And so I think this year the secondary will be more prepared for that type of play. I think also too, you know, a lot of that secondary was new last year. They were young, inexperienced guys. And this year they're not, they're going to be veteran guys. So they, you know, that experience on the back end I think is a big deal in college football. Also too, you know, Greg Rousseau, that's those first five or six games of the season, he was playing as a backup. And, you know, in that game in particular, I don't know if he even played. He, he probably played close to 10 defensive snaps in that game. Uh, and that's certainly not going to be the case this year where he's going to be a full-time starter and one of the best pass rushers in the country. And then also, too, you know, we all know the kicking issues that existed last year that definitely hurt Miami. In last year's game, too. Now, all that being said, Sam Howell's probably—I think we can all assume—he's going to get even better this year than he was last year when he played Miami in only a second game. And North Carolina returns, I think, ten of their eleven starters, which is a big deal. And their defense should take should take a step forward as well. You know, in the second year of that system with Jay Bateman, an aggressive system that you know, kind of similar to Manny Diaz, just attack the line of scrimmage. So that's going to be a big time game. I think it's probably going to be a shootout type game. Um, I think it definitely helps that it's at Hard Rock Stadium, helps Miami. Um, But yeah, North Carolina, to me, they are for real. And I think that game will probably end up deciding the Coastal Division. Uh, I just looked it up
0: uh, on the schedule since you teased the possibility of College Game Day being there other notable games that weekend uh oklahoma state at oklahoma i think there's a chance that could be yeah. a a big deal uh ohio state at penn state potential Oof. whiteout game I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that would probably be it that'll be and it. The, the the last one of note is alabama at tennessee
1: um okay and i mean that ohio so, state penn state game that's going to be tough to beat
0: yeah i mean if you're a miami fan just just pray one of those teams is losing and I think it would have to be have to be Penn State uh circling back to the original original question though just before we kind of shift gears do you think it's sustainable at at um what North Carolina is doing because I kind of think it does and um you know we're seeing more and more that coaches really have it's that second or third recruiting class that gets that big bump and this seems to be the one for North Carolina, you know, you kind of transition, then, then the the first class, you have your transition class. The second, the second class is really your first class. And then um, that that second class is the one where that takes off. And I I do think it's sustainable. I mean, I don't know where, where you go from here. Once Mac Brown, maybe retires. Um, But like we said, uh, they're stacking talent at the right position. So I think the cupboard isn't going to be bare for whoever eventually has to take over. And, like you said and, and we noted like that should be concerning if you are um
1: Miami like i'd be more concerned about north carolina than i was florida state right now yes i agree I, I i mean and look too i think north carolina in general is an attractive school and so if they show that they are willing to pour resources into the football program you know they they obviously do that with their basketball program we all know but if they also devote those same resources and attention to the football program. I don't see why North Carolina can't be a perennial, you know, top 20, top 25 ish type program. And look, if they continue to hit on quarterback, Sam Howell, obviously stud and then Drake may after him, if he hits, yeah, North Carolina is not going to go anywhere. Cause in my opinion, quarterback is, 75% of the battle when it comes to putting a winning product on the field. Uh, And North Carolina is definitely doing a good job of prioritizing that important position. All right, quick break. Coming
0: up on the other side, going to talk
1: recruiting. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: afternoon a huge quarterback domino kind of fall or fell i should say uh in the national scene uh, miller moss a, a top 24 7 talent out of the la area he committed to usc there was a ton of talk of this happening over the weekend uh the crystal ball had shifted in favor of the trojans miami at one time, was was a little involved with Miller Moss. There was talk of him visiting. That never happened. Um, but this is a big deal because USC now has two quarterbacks committed. They have Miller Moss and they have Jake Garcia. Jake Garcia is also a top twenty four seven kid from the greater uh, Los Angeles area, and he's a guy who actually has visited Miami before. Um, if you guys follow recruiting, I mean, you're aware of what's going on. Last summer, actually kind of right around this time, Jake Garcia had spent multiple days in Coral Gables. Um, I'd even put in a crystal ball forecast for the Hurricanes. Things looked like they were turning in the right direction. He ended up committing to USC um, after Bryce Young announced that he was going to Alabama. We, we touched about Bryce Young a little bit earlier, how he changed kind of Drake May's thing. Well, it also changed uh, Jake Garcia I, as soon as Bryce Young Announced for Alabama, Jake Garcia that day committed to USC. Uh, But the big thing is now Miller Moss is committed to USC, two quarterbacks in the class. Some people think that there's a chance that Jake Garcia could open his recruitment back up. And like I wrote on Sunday, or actually it was, I think, yeah, Sunday, Sunday. I wrote, Miami is very interested in um, Jake Garcia. And that's because they don't have a quarterback committed right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, this makes a ton of sense, especially during this time, during this pandemic time, when essentially taking recruiting visits has been shut down. You know, rightfully so. But you know, we know that through the end of what July, no visits are allowed. You know, and that could even be extended into August for all we know. So that makes recruiting like Miami has to recruit quarterbacks nationally in this cycle because there simply aren't good enough quarterbacks within the state um, for, for Miami to recruit this year. So they have to go nationally. And that means somehow they got to figure out a guy to figure out a way to get guys on campus. Um, you know, we've, we've touched on how they they are kind of zeroing in on Jalen Milroe out of Texas, trying to flip him from his Texas commitment One problem there is Jalen Milrose never been to Miami, never visited the campus. So doing that is going to be, you know, doing that until he does visit is going to be hard and the odds are against you. Jake Garcia, on the other hand, has visited Miami. Um, You know, he he was a a big time product for Dan Enos and and that offensive staff. He worked out a little bit in, in the IPF last season, last year, last summer. Uh, during one of their summer camps and so he does have some familiarity with with what Miami has to offer Um, so yeah I mean just that alone to me I think if you're gonna if you're gonna put odds on who does Miami have a better shot at flipping it would have to be on Jake Garcia Um, now yes tell me this Andrew how patient will Miami fans have to be before you know, we kind of learn Jake Garcia really is interested in exploring his options because I think the word coming out, you know, after Miller Moss's commitment to USC is that, Oh, Jake Garcia, you know, he he's fine with competing with Miller Moss. So is this a situation where again, you know, patience is going to have to be important and quite frankly, Miami's probably going to have to show it a little bit on the field too during the season, whenever that happens.
0: Yes, I think there was someone on our message board that wrote Tuesday morning. Uh, now we'll know in the next couple of weeks what happens. And I was like, "This is this isn't going to be something that um, where there's a result here anytime soon." I think this is a long game play for yeah. Miami. Look, no one can visit anywhere right now. Um, so if you're Miami, like, why would you put on the, the full court press right now? The thing I keep hearing about Jake Garcia. Uh, in Miller Moss is each one thinks they're better than the other one um, but you know at the like that's what you kind of want in a quarterback I, I guess I should say right. um, and I think 24-7 sports is Greg Biggins who does an excellent job out there on the west coast he thinks that Jake Garcia actually ends up sticking with USC and, and they take two quarterbacks and I think there's a, a chance that happens but I, I talked to a college coach on Saturday I talked to someone else that's kind of plugged in with with the situation and they both think that Jake Garcia will eventually open things back up and assuming he does open things back up it's not a slam dunk that he's going to go to Miami I mean right. when he visited Miami he threw for Dan Enos and, and all those guys the good thing if you're the Hurricanes though is Manny Diaz was also involved in that recruitment and some of the other offensive coaches like Stephen Field and Eric Hickson so there is some familiarity um, but it's not like a done deal. And I think other schools will get involved. Miami's not the only school looking for a quarterback right now. So um, someone someone else could throw their hat in, into the ring. And uh, I, I think Miami takes a reserved approach, kind of like you said, maybe let the product speak for itself this season on, on the field. And then you kind of go from there. There's no need to try to make the flip happen right now, uh, especially when visits can't take place. And uh, Rhett Lashley and, and Jake Garcia, I, at least to my knowledge, have not met face to face before in the past. And I think if you're going to take
1: a guy at a position like that, you would like that type of meeting to happen. Tell me this Do you know? So, Rob Likens, who is the Miami wide receivers coach, was formerly the offensive coordinator at Arizona State. He, Jake Garcia has an Arizona State offer. Do you know if, you know, I would assume Rob Likens has some sort of uh dealings with Garcia in the past. Do you, do you know anything about that or haven't checked into that uh, yet? I I do not know if any visits took place, but there
0: is a I do know that there is a somewhat of a connection um that that Rob Likens did offer him and that was the case when we talked about another quarterback uh a while ago Brock Purdy or not Brock Purdy, I'm sorry. Uh who who was the kid that ended up committing to, to Georgia Tech? No, 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 I sound uh, <laughs> no Hold on, what I gotta look it? him up. Chade Chade and Perry. Yeah. Yeah, Caden Perry, who was the guy I, I mentioned that I thought Miami had, might have offered. Um and he was he was a guy that Rob Likens had targeted when he was at Arizona State. So I do think there was um some overlap there and Look, Jake's also familiar with some of Miami's class when he came in through, um, for that summer session, Khalil Brantley was on campus. Um, James Williams was also on campus. Obviously he's not committed to Miami, but he was there. Romelo Brinson was there. Lawrence Seymour was there. Um, Don Chaney was out there watching him. I mean, we, we always talked about how crazy of a day that really was. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's, he, he's, he's, This isn't some school he's never seen before. And I think if you're Miami, that's exactly what you want. This is a guy you got on campus. It's the same head coaches there. Yeah, offenses are changing. Uh, But out of everyone on the board, I think that Miami would have the best
1: chance at flipping him. Uh, And I think you agree with me. What what do you remember liking most about Jake's game from, from what we saw during that workout that day?
0: I think he can rip it, man. And I also think he's pretty accurate. I mean, he was only throwing routes on air. Um, but he just seems to be a, a very, uh, live arm, I guess is the word maybe I would use. Um, and it, I mean, what do you think? What, what stood out for you?
1: Yeah, definitely a big arm. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, that we could take away from that workout. Cause like you said, it was pretty much just on air. Um, but I think too, and again, who knows how much this really matters, but he does have that like quarterback aura about him, you know, just the way he carries himself, you know, he just has that kind of magnetic presence. Uh, you mentioned all those guys were out, you know, those targets and signees were out there like Don Cheney came out just to watch him throw on air. Right. I mean, yeah, he had, he had no other reason to really be there. Uh, he just seems like a guy that other players are drawn to. And again, who knows how much that really matters? But I do think it does matter a little bit at the quarterback position. So that would be just kind of my other takeaway from that workout with what we saw.
0: Right, and again, Miami's going to have to be patient. Um, we we said that on on the on the podcast uh, yeah. a few episodes ago, and it's not what people want to hear, but I think. I mean, other guys are going to come back on the market. Who who knows? It's hard to tell. But uh, Miami is is actively working, and maybe the decision will be made to go in on all in on Jake Garcia at some point here in the near near future. But there doesn't seem to be much of a of a rush.
1: Yeah, if you if you believe in the potential of the new offensive system with De'Art King at quarterback, I think you should be. Fairly optimistic that Miami's going to figure it out at quarterback in some way. They're going to be able to get some sort of quality arm. Can I tell you who that is at this point? No. But I do think, you know, once the season gets started and the results and the production is there, Miami's going to be an attractive place to some quarterback. Could that potentially be Jake Garcia? You know, we'll see. I, I do think at this point that. If you go, if you want to connect the dots, and again, there's way there's a lot of time before anything like that happens with Jake Garcia. But I do think it does make sense that by the end of the fall, Miami's going to be in a good spot to land Jake Garcia.
0: One final recruiting thing: uh, I spent my Monday morning down in uh, South Miami watching Leonard Taylor the nation's number one ranked defensive tackle number four overall prospect according to 24 seven sports. He's out of Miami Palmetto. I saw him go through a workout. I show up and he is wearing a university of Miami t-shirt. I do not know if that was by design, but, uh, <laughs> I spent some time with him. We discussed his new top five, uh, and Miami's in that top five. And really the reason why he said Miami's in that top five is, uh, he likes the fact that the Hurricanes have told him he would have a chance to play early. He also likes the fact that it's close to home. So it seems like Miami continues to find some some, some footing in that recruitment. I guess that's
1: one way to put it. Yeah, and again, I think this is another situation where, look, if Miami goes out and wins 10 games, they're going to be in a position to land a guy like Leonard Taylor. He's... A big time five-star prospect. And that's what it takes to win these types of guys with Miami. You know, we always reference the 2018 recruiting class, which finished ranked number eight in the country. Uh, You know, the 2018 recruiting class was a product of the 2017 season when Miami started 10-0, got up to number two overall in the country, and, you know, showed signs of being a program that was heading in the right direction uh that's what it's going to have to take to to land these big time dudes and so yeah miami's doing all they can to, to stay in this recruitment i think it's impressive we referenced i think in the last podcast how in the previous top five miami wasn't even listed correct right yeah they weren't so you know miami's clawed their way into contention would you do you still feel like Florida is is the team to beat? Yeah, I still think Florida's in a a very
0: good spot. Um but if Miami is able to rattle off a a, a good season and give Leonard a reason to stay home, then he's going to think about it. I mean, he was working out with Tommy Streeter. Like that was the guy putting him through the workout, the former Miami wide receiver. Um so uh, you know, uh, I think things are lining up for Miami to make a move, but right now I, I do want to caution that I still like my crystal ball pick for uh, Florida.
1: Who's who's maybe the third team you would highlight as, okay, look out for them too?
0: I think it's Tennessee, man. I've been I've been pounding my fist uh, on the table saying that Tennessee's a, a dark horse in this recruitment for a while, and I still feel like that's the case. He's got a very good relationship with Brian Niedemeyer, who is the area recruiter Um, he had I I think he was one of the first coaches to actually offer Leonard and and tell him to stop playing basketball and focus on football uh, just because (laughs) you know he thought the future was was on the gridiron so I think there's a relationship there I've put Tennessee running probably three and then four maybe LSU and and five Auburn Um, look LSU kind of gets what they want and I think they this is going to sound crazy, not that there's other defensive linemen ahead of them on the board, but they're also in it for Corey Foreman uh, and Mason Smith, who are are two other five-star type defensive linemen. So uh, I I don't know. I'm not convinced yet that they are all in
1: on Leonard Taylor, which is a good thing if you're Miami. So Leonard Taylor is a Miami Palmetto guy, Palmetto High School. They got quite a few guys at that school this year. Do you get a sense that those guys want to go to the same school or they're all going to do their own things or are there connections maybe within that group that Miami fans should know about that Miami might have a better shot at than some of the other guys at Miami Palmetto. I,
0: I do not get the read that the, that these guys are, are package deals. And I asked Leonard about that. He kind of said maybe him and, and Savion Collins, um, but it seems like everyone's kind of doing their own thing. It really reminds me of the American Heritage Group uh, from a few years ago when you had Tyson Campbell, Pat Sertain, Andrew Chatfield, and and Inessa Savera, and everyone kind of thought all those guys would go to the same school. I guess you could even put Anthony Schwartz in that group, and they all went somewhere else, you know, five different schools. So I I, I would not be surprised if that's kind of how this – plays out when the dust settles. I mean, I think Florida is in a very good spot for all of them. Uh, And if anyone's going to get a bunch of them, it's probably Florida, but it doesn't seem like anyone's decision is tied to someone else's decision. And that's kind of what I always say. Everyone talks about a package deal now, um, but when it gets closer to time to put pen to paper, things seem to tend to change as as guys have different agendas and look, they want to make their own decision.
1: Last thing I have for you on Leonard was there Anything impressive he did physically during the workout you saw where he's like, man, that's pretty athletic for a defensive tackle, or was it a pretty basic workout? I mean,
0: he was was really just lifting weights. I I think the thing with him is he's, like, just put together so well and looks, like, so athletic in in terms of there not being any bad weight. Um, And the one thing I always kind of, like, try to run through in my head when you do an eye test is what would this would this guy be out of place at the NFL Combine, or would he look like he should be there? And I think Leonard Taylor would looks like someone that should be there. Obviously, he's not maybe cut up in, in and shredded as a guy who's spent four years in a college weightlifting program, but he just moves like so natural, and it's not bad weight. Um, And I know people will, will love to point out, well, he's only two fifty or, or two sixty or, or whatnot, and. Yeah, that's fine. Like, he's got time to add the right size. Like, give me that, that guy all day as opposed to someone who's over 300 pounds and uh, is a bit sloppy. So, I think he's just, he, he's, I don't know. He, he just looks like a dude to me in an era where it's becoming increasingly more important to rush the quarterback specifically from the interior
1: of your defensive line. Yeah, 24-7 in 24-7's rankings, he is the number four overall player in the country. So obviously a big time guy. You know, if you want to read the all of the quotes, Andrew got a ton of quotes with him, you know, from that article, from that visit with him at his workout. Definitely check out the website inside the u.com and get the in-depth breakdown.
0: Yeah. Um I guess we should also say thank you, everyone, who has subscribed and liked the podcast. We're yeah. definitely uh, still trying to go two days a week here. Maybe an emergency podcast this week if we get some news on Jared Williams. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm ready.
1: Uh, I'm ready yeah. for it. But yeah, also, too, want to thank all the loyal podcast listeners who might have signed up for the uh, annual subscription deal that we were offering. Last week, we led 24 7 sports in new subscription signups. And, you know, I'm sure you guys had a ton to do with that. So, Humbled and, and want to say thank you for that as well.
0: We did. I did not even know that. I missed that email.
1: Yeah, we were number one. It was us in Michigan, and Michigan's a way bigger site. But yeah, we we were number one. I appreciate. We appreciate it, guys. Miami should have used that when they were
0: going for Jaden Hood. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. We'll stay locked to the site. Um, keep checking the feed for
1: for new podcasts and. We will talk to you next time. Take care, guys.